Welcome to CDM Media's Executive Insights. I'm your host, J.D. Miller, and we have a great show for you here today. I'm joined by Christopher Davis, the CIO of The Tile Shop. Christopher was one of our key speakers at our Minneapolis Summit recently, and we're going to dive into a lot of great things. The Tile Shop themselves faced a difficult ERP implementation, left the company wondering whether technology was a critical capability. A new CEO and a new board members determined that technology was indeed critical to success. So we're going to dive into business transformation, cultural change, investing for long-term success, and how that all came together for Christopher within a very short amount of time. And there's a lot you can take from this as well. So when we return, Christopher Davis. Christopher, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you today. So had you at the Minneapolis Summit and your conversation really struck out, you know, to me and a lot of people in the room at the time, because you're approaching your job from a lot of different ways, right? From a uh, CIO standpoint, having security in, you know, with you as well, but also as an agent of change within your organization. Talk to me a little bit about culture, right? And we often don't think that the CIO or CISO is going to drive culture within an organization, but you found that it really can start with you, right? Well, Mike, like any other C or executive leader in an organization, we have an opportunity to lead out in a variety of uh, spaces, right? And one of the things that I've learned long ago is if you see an opportunity to change, start with where you're at, right? And so within my organization at the Tile Shop, we saw an opportunity to really change how we dealt with accountability, responsibility, get those things clarified, defined, and start to use some of the things that I've learned through my career, including what I call the five steps of accountability. And so that really started the conversation. And then as I started to lay that foundation in my own department, I saw other opportunities to talk about it with my peers, to just say, hey, this is what I'm doing, or share something with our CFO and say, you know, this is going on, or I see this going on, how can I help? Because I'm continually having those conversations with my peers, and that's really what the CIO should be. He's a business leader looking for the opportunity to have that conversation and help the rest of the organization be successful. We're trying to be enablers of growth, of performance, of efficiency, so many different things. And why wouldn't you talk about culture, which is such a foundational thing to everything else? I mean, everyone quotes that uh, Peter Drucker quote that says, you know, culture eats uh, something for lunch or breakfast. (laughs) I just lost it. Uh, I, I know exactly. Strategy. The there we go. There culture, we go. There we go. Culture eats strategy for breakfast, and and when I think about that quote, it's just so true. Culture is how you act, and how you act is going to impact well beyond whatever strategy you, you try to lay out. And so it's so important, and it was so exciting when I realized. I have baseline foundational tools that I use in IT all the time. 
what's called a racy matrix or a responsibility accountability matrix, which clarifies for everyone. And I introduced that to one person and then a second person and then my CEO. And all of a sudden, all of our executive team is using racy matrices. <laughs> That's what you call a cultural influence from where you're at. So I want to take a step back because you talked about the, the accountability and responsibility. Talk to me a little bit about, you, you mentioned five steps, steps to accountability. Talk to me about yeah. this framework. So this is a framework that I've learned. Uh, it's actually from the CEO at Sleep Number. I came from Sleep Number, spent a number of years there. She has um, just some really solid insights. And one of the things that she learned as a retail leader was this framework and she built it into something that was then codified and I've used for many, many years. You first define a vision, then you clarify or define expectations, transfer that responsibility to the individual. Then once you've transferred it, you coach and mentor and inspect. Five steps, vision, expectations, transferring of responsibility, coach and mentor and inspect. If you do those five things right every time, I'll guarantee you'll see success. And when you don't see success, you can always go back to one of those five steps and say, oops, there it is right there. I wasn't inspecting or you know what? They didn't really understand what their accountability was. So they weren't successful. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those five steps every single time. Tell me, when you're looking at those five steps, where do you see the biggest hang up uh, in your experience? <laughs> so everybody wants to collaborate. And so there's this big framework called, I, we are going to do this together. And that is true. We all do all sorts of things together. But when you transfer responsibility, you're literally saying, hey, you are going to do this. And if you don't transfer that responsibility, then the monkey's on your back and it doesn't get done or people don't make decisions or whatever the case may be. So that's certainly one of them. But even before that, I would argue most people will get a vision, right? But setting the expectation and defining it for the individual, that's also oftentimes a failure point because people think, well, I'm responsible for this. And the person giving them the assignment says, well, I thought you were responsible for this too. You know, those two tend to be the biggest failure points. And the third is probably inspection. You know, it's always important to inspect. Most people will coach, most people will mentor, and certainly there are failure points there. But I would argue that it's transferring the responsibility, it's setting the expectations even before that, and then sometimes if you're not doing inspection, then even though everyone's trying and they know what they're supposed to be doing, it just doesn't happen. It's yeah. those three. Interesting. When we're talking transformation, and, and this is internal, this is culture, it starts with clear business objectives. Yes. How do you gain that clarity today? Because it is, it is so much being thrown at you every single day. How do you gain clarity? So... In technology, I learned long, long ago, there's always more demand than supply. It just doesn't matter. So 
by virtue of that, it then requires you to prioritize. From the moment I walked in the door, I looked at the CEO and, and I explained this basic concept of prioritization. I said, there's no such thing as two number ones. There's not. They, they want to have one A and one B. And I'm like, when they don't clash, it works fine. But there will inevitably be clash. And when that happens, which one is going to win? And you'd have to work through the priorities. This, the, that's certainly part of it. The second part of it is when people first say, well, what are your objectives? People say, well, I want you to do this and this and this. And I said, well, what's the problem you're trying to solve? Oftentimes we haven't defined the problem before we try to define the objective. And I actually have a different tool that's called a decision-making framework where we take this framework and we say, okay, what is the problem? And you push and pull on that problem for quite a while to make sure you're really clear on the problem. And then once you know the problem, then you start asking the question of what are my options? How can I approach it? And in the case of our strategy at the tile shop, we had a number of challenges, all of which could have been consumed all at once and nothing would have happened. So one of the things that our CEO had done is brought us together as a leadership team. We did some refining last year and now we have really clear objectives for this year. And it's people first is one of our strategic objectives. It's critical and it comes through the entire organization. The second is retail execution. We have 143 stores, some of which don't perform the way they need to. We know they can perform better. And before we wanna grow, we need to make sure that our existing stores are performing very well. So that's the second strategic objective. And the third one is, is supply chain because every retail organization in the world seems to be struggling with supply chain. And so we're working on supply chain optimization as well. So we have those three objectives. And when you have those three objectives, then everything else has to ladder up to those three objectives or if there's a conflict, you know what wins. Yeah. You've built this rather quickly within the, the, the tile shop. And, and yeah, been, able to, been to here do about this. 18 months. That, that's extremely fast. How do you build credibility that quickly? And talk to me about the importance of that before you can do anything else. Yeah, so it's really interesting. Every organization is going to have different problems. And when I walk in the door, I always use the same assessment process that I've used for a number of years, which is I have these five things that I look at every time. And I look at these five things and I say, okay, how are we doing on this, this, and this? And you have to do it quickly because you can always be wrong and you can always spend more time on it, but you've got to start moving because people don't value thought. What they value is result. So you have to acknowledge that and then say, I'm still going to take a little bit of time to think about it. And you're going to set that time expectation up. And I do. I, I'm no different than most leaders. They say, well, I've got a 90-day plan. Well, yeah, but in my 90-day plan, here's exactly what I'm going to look at. And when I'm done, here are the things I'm going to give you. And that's what I presented to our board. Now, I was really lucky. Our board was ready to roll. 
they had recognized the value proposition of technology, right? Our CEO says, every time I wanna do something, I need technology. So the value proposition had been understood. If you don't have an organization that understands that value proposition, that's your first step. Once you get that value proposition understood, in my case, I was looking at stakeholders, my team for performance. I was looking at our vendors. I was looking at our solution sets, our technology. And then I was looking at our numbers, our, our dollars. And I looked at those five things and the outcomes were a set of quick wins, a team design, a roadmap, and a budget. Those were the things that were the outcomes. And so that took place in less than 90 days because now you have a plan, you can explain it to people. In my case, I had the luxury, if you will, of already having an appreciation of, yep, we're gonna make these investments. So in my case, the part of the reason I could move so fast is I had that background, that support. Talk to me a little bit about aligning business strategy with a technology strategy, because a lot of organizations have a, a huge struggle with this and they may not be aligned. They can be successful, but talk to me about truly, truly aligning this. Well, there's a long uh, conversation that leaders in IT have had around this concept of alignment. And I've actually argued that I don't believe in alignment. Interesting, all right. Um, Alignment means that you have plans and they have plans and whoever they is. My argument is there is only one set of plans. Therefore, the alignment is agreeing on what the one set of plans is. At the end of the day, how I get my work done, that's the sausage making, right? That might be IT strategy, but that's not what I would call true strategy. What I want to do is make sure that the organization is agreed upon what our strategies are. What are we doing? And in this case, you know, we were able to define what these three strategic objectives are for the organization. Now, I have to make sure that everything I do is part of those plans. And in fact, we have owners for each of those plans. I have an HR leader for people first. I have a retail leader for retail execution and I have a supply chain leader for supply chain optimization. That means most everything that we do other than, you know, even then, even upgrading the networks had <laughs> ultimately aligned back to those strategic objectives. Um, and so if you wanna call it alignment, yes, I plan to do work that is part of those strategic objectives. And so that's how I think about it. Collaboratively, we agree upon these things. I might have opinions and I have to bring those opinions to the table and make sure that my peers say, yeah, we can do that. Or yeah, that is important. When I'm bringing tablets into the stores, which we're doing right now, literally that took a year to get ready for them because we first had to replace the networks. We had to upgrade our ERP system. We had to you know, plan on a point of sale system. All of these things were predecessors 
So that's where the road mapping comes in. And the other part of road mapping, which people often forget is it's just a road map, which means pieces move and they move based on the organizational priorities. But if you have a roadmap, it might say, you know what, we're gonna replace our POS in three years. Well, I had an opportunity that jumped out at me and all of a sudden I had an opportunity to say, you know what, there's enough value here not to wait. And let's talk about what that means. That means I'm not gonna do something else. <laughs> Right. And then, then you have to have the buy-in to be able to take that stance and have that support that you're going to be focused on this and not that. And the way we got credibility, going back to the original question, was the biggest problem when I walked in the door was the organization, the tile shop, had gone through an SAP implementation. Painful. The CEO started his first day when they went live. And he spent the first six to 12 months stabilizing their organization after they went live, okay? So what I might describe warrior's fatigue, <laughs> you know, they'd been through a battle and they knew it and they understood it. But now I had to show that they wouldn't go through that battle again. And so we knew that it was now time to upgrade our ERP system. So I laid out an objective, a vision that said, our employees will not even know that we upgraded. Nice. That was the vision. It was that simple. And other than one little snafu where our employees didn't read the communication on one simple fact that we'd reduced the number of logins from two to one. Um, so they, did, they kept trying to use the wrong password. Once we got that communicated in day one, things went swimmingly and the credibility was earned. And then when you do the next thing, you get a little bit more credibility and the next thing. But every time you're earning credibility, it's not one time, it's forever. <laughs> you know, tell, tell me a little bit, and I know we only have a couple minutes left here together today. Um, talk about investing for long-term success because you, yeah. like you said, 18 months and getting people to buy into this new guy coming in, 18 months, but that you're invested in, in long-term success. You know, talk to me about that challenge. So long-term success, first you have to understand what success looks like. So that's the first question is answering that question with your peers to understand what success looks like. Then that means for me, I'm asking questions of, okay, if that's what success looks like, what are all the pieces parts? now? I happen to be blessed with a lot of painful suffering in my past career <laughs> where I've learned a lot of things. So I say, oh, I don't wanna do that again. And so as I understood what their objectives were, I could look back and say, well, we need to do all of these things in order to get to that place that you ultimately wanna be. Are you willing to make the investment? And you have to talk about it. It's truly conversation around investment that is multi-year. It's talking about roadmaps that say, well, why do you have to upgrade the network? Well, you haven't spent any money on the network for seven years, and that's what's called tech debt. So yeah. you start to talk about things that make sense to the business. You, you explain, when was the last time that you replaced your equipment you know, in the, in the manufacturing site? 
do you think that it's important for that to be stable? Yeah, well, same thing. I've got equipment, we haven't replaced it, we need to replace it. And it's explaining all of those things so that you understand the, be the end from the beginning. Um, if you understand the end from the beginning and then you can draw that picture for them, they might not see all the steps along the way and you have to take opportunities as they're presented to you. But if you ultimately know the long-term objective, which is we want to be a you know, larger retail organization with stability and the ability to compete, not just against you know, other retailers in the tile space, but we wanna be known as that organization that really can create an environment for our employees and for our customers that inspires their vision. And knowing that, whether it's competing in the home box space or whether it's the distribution space or whatever the case may be, we wanna understand all those pieces. And then you've gotta put all those pieces together, understand the priorities and pivot as you go with your peers. And that's the thing that I've learned over time is if you're not spending enough time with your peers, that's probably your biggest mistake. CIOs need to spend a lot of time not doing technology. They need to be business leaders. And when we're business leaders, then we can lead, we can impact the organization in ways that you never could have imagined before. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Christopher. Like I said, a fantastic discussion at, at our CDM Minneapolis Summit and love uh, that you allowed me to, to pick your brain a little bit more. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. You have a great day. Thank you so much, Christopher. If you want to listen to past episodes of CDM Media's Executive Insights or any of our podcasts, go to cdmmedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.